Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our executive pastor, David Hardy, is going over our ministry plan for the rest of 2019, as well as the year to come. And if you want to watch the video of this message or listen to this week's worship, you can do so on our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or on our Brookwood Church app. We pray that this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. David Hardy, one of the pastors here, and I'm speaking with you today because I believe that God loves me, and I believe that God loves you as well, and my hope is that we all experience uh, more of his love today, so let's pray for that. Father, we thank you for the supernatural love that you offer to us, that you extend to us through your son Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would overwhelm us with that today. Uh, We pray that your spirit would give us more understanding, more comprehension of how much you love us. And we thank you for what you'll do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to talk about love, and we're going to use the Bible as well as your message guide and also this ministry plan brochure, which you hopefully found in your chair. We're going to use these to help us explore how we can experience God's love while expressing his love this year, uh, both as a church and as individuals. Uh, If you look on the inside of this ministry plan, uh, you'll see a few of the plans that we as a church have for this coming church year that starts October 1st. And you see plans in five key categories, uh, the area of worship, uh, adults and recreation ministry, family ministry, which includes students and children, our care and serve ministries, helping us care for people here at Brookwood, and then our outreach and missions which serves folks in our community and around the world. And also in that dollar in the middle, you see how much we plan to spend in each of those areas. And on the back of your ministry plan, you'll see highlights of things that happened in the last year in those five key areas. And then if you look back on the inside at the bottom right, Uh, There's a little section called My Personal Plan to Experience God's Love While Expressing His Love. That's kind of our focus for this year. Our hope is that by the end of this message, we'll help you um, fill in something in those blanks or at least have a plan for taking some time to ask God how he would want you to fill in those blanks uh, to help you experience God's love while expressing his love this year. So why are we having this focus? Why are we as a church seeking this year to experience God's love while expressing his love? Well, there's a song that was written back in the 1960s that expresses what I think people have been feeling for centuries, and I think they still feel today. 
And I think a lot of you will, will recognize this song. You can, you can sing it with me if you, if you catch on. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Yeah, you know it. That's good. I feel a little cheese, don't you? A little cheesy. Yes. People like cheese. Um, yeah, what the world needs is love. Everybody feels that. I think most people feel that. Well, let me ask you a question. I want you to consider for a moment, why would you want to show love to someone? What, what motivates you to love somebody? Think about that. What motivates you to love? Being loved. Somebody loves you. Maybe you just just feel it for somebody or like your kids, you just, it's just in you to want to love because, God's, because God loves you, yeah, because someone else loved you first, whether it's a person or whether it's God. I can remember being attracted to my wife, Amy, first uh, because she's beautiful. Somebody said amen. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Yes. Uh, then because of her smile, then her hugs, and then because she was so easy to talk with, and then because she, she loves me so well, and, and because there's so many things to admire about her. She, she's easy for me to love. But why would I love someone that I'm barely acquainted with, like a neighbor or a classmate or Maybe somebody I don't even know, like, like the kids in India that uh, we partner with Praveen to help rescue, or maybe somebody I don't even like. Why would I love these people? Why love? And somebody already said the answer, which I think most of us know. It comes from 1 John four nineteen. It's there at the first point of your outline. 1 John four nineteen says, we love... Because he first loved us. Because Jesus loved us first. Now, if you notice, I used the English Standard Version, uh, that translation, instead of the New Living Translation. Uh, because the New Living Translation says we love each other because Jesus loved us first. And that's true. But most early translations just simply say we love because he loved us first. We love anybody not just each other, but anyone. And Jesus keeps on loving us. That's characteristic of his love. Whether you love me or not, Jesus keeps on loving me. Whether I appear lovable or not, he loves. God's love is unconditional. It's unmerited. I don't deserve it, but he gives it anyway. It's gracious God's love is constantly seeking the benefit of the ones he loves. And I believe when we begin to truly grasp how good it tastes to be loved by God, the Spirit of God in us moves us to love others in the way that he loves us, in that unconditional, unmerited way. I think many of us here have tasted God's love. I believe many of us here would say, I believe that God loves me. But how do we really grasp 
how much he loves us. I can remember when I first got a taste of sensing that God's love for me was more than just uh, a natural love between people. I remember as a, a child hearing a pastor talk about that when Jesus died on the cross, when he was nailed to a cross, that he was taking the punishment that I deserve. And something clicked in my mind that, that I did deserve being on that cross because of my sin, my wrongdoing, my self-centeredness. I deserved it. Jesus didn't. But he stepped in front of me and took that punishment on the cross in my place. That's how much he loved me. And I, I remember, I, I can still feel a little bit of that sense of that's, that's huge that Jesus would love me that way. Romans 5, 7, and 8 describes that love that would die for somebody who's a sinner, who's, who's even an enemy of God. And I've never been able to get over being loved like that. But my actions through the years have shown that I didn't fully comprehend how much God loves me and that I still don't fully grasp how much God loves me. Why do I say that? Well, if I really understood, if I fully comprehended how much God loves me, then I would trust him in every situation. And you might say, you, you don't trust God in every situation? Well, I want to. It's the goal of my life, but my, I'd have to say my actions show that I don't always trust God first. In every situation, I may have a tendency to trust me, to trust myself. When I react in frustration or I act contrary to Scripture, it shows that I don't fully trust Jesus to guide me through that situation. That frustrated reaction shows that I either don't fully understand how much God loves me or I don't fully trust his capability to do what's best for me. Over the last few years, Amy and I have helped uh, both sets of our parents uh, to move, to, to move from a house they've been in for many years to another location. That's why my hair is white today. Both times we told our parents, you just tell us what you want to take with you and what you want to leave behind, we'll take care of everything else. And they said, that, that sounds wonderful. That is great. However, as we went through the process, they continued to call and give instructions on packing and other move details that we said, we've already got this. We are, we're we're going to take care of it. Now, it's understandable that they would, you know, want to be involved in all those details. And, and I believe they, they knew that we loved them um, they trusted us to take care of everything, but their actions showed that they either didn't grasp how much we love them or they didn't trust our capability to handle all those details. When we don't listen to or heed God's guidance in our lives, it shows we either need to experience his love more deeply or to exercise trust of Jesus in, in his ways in those situations. 
So do I really believe God loves me? And do I trust he's capable of handling every situation, that he, that he knows what's best? So how can I experience God's love so that I trust him more, so that I rely on him more and express his love to others so that that love that he has for me comes out of me for others? Because I don't have the power. I don't have the power to love God and love people and live like Jesus. I don't even have the power to truly experience how much God loves me. He's a supernatural God. I can't understand, I can't comprehend the extent of his love for me. So how can I experience God's love more fully, more deeply, so that I experience that life that he wants to give me? So that's the question we'll deal with today. How do we experience God's love? I'm going to look at Ephesians 3 to help us answer that. Ephesians 3 in the Bible. If you're using the Bible available at Brookwood, it is on page 944. We're starting with verse 16 of Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Uh, The first answer we'll get from Ephesians 3, I'll go ahead and give it to you. First step to experiencing God's love more fully is to rely on the resources of his spirit. Rely on the resources of his spirit because I can't rely just on me. I need an outside force. Ephesians 3.16. This is Paul praying for the church. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So first, Paul is praying that God will give us inner strength through his spirit. He He wants us to have this supernatural power that only the spirit can give. And God even begins the process of relationship with us as his spirit gives us the strength the capacity to know him, to to relate with him. Again, he's a supernatural being. How am I going to relate with him unless the Spirit comes and gives me the power to do that? Paul is praying that God's unlimited resources will be available to us, giving us the power to know him. So what are these resources for? Why does he want them to be available to us? For what purpose? Why has God given us strength from the Spirit? He wants to give us strength to trust Jesus, strength to experience his love because it's a supernatural thing. Ephesians 3.17 says, Then when you have the strength from the Spirit, then Christ will make his home in your hearts As you trust in him, there's your step, to trust in him. He says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. He'll keep giving you the power to relate with him and experience his love. So our step, given here in verse 17, is to trust Jesus. And as we trust Jesus, the Spirit gives us strength to experience God's love. Verse 18, and may you have the power, again, he's praying for you to have that strength, that power, may you have the power to understand, to comprehend, to grasp 
as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you have the power to see how huge the full measure of God's love for you. And then he says, may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, he's recognizing it's even bigger than you can fully comprehend. But may you experience it. May you sense it. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So it's the Spirit who, who pours all the resources of God into this purpose, that you would experience the love of Christ. He wants to give you the power to experience the love of Christ. So the question is, how do we tap into the resources of God's Spirit? How do we let the Spirit give us the power? How do we, how do we let the Spirit work in us so that we experience God's love. Well, back in verse 17, it gave us our step. It says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That's our step, It's to trust him. So to experience God's love, first, we rely on the resources of his spirit because we can't do it on our own. And then it's even the spirit who gives us the power to do step two, which is to exercise trust in Jesus. Exercise trust in Jesus. Practice trust in Jesus. As we sense an opportunity to either trust self, am I going to handle this? Am I going to fix this? Or to trust Jesus. Let's practice trusting Jesus. And as we trust in Jesus, we put our roots, our lives, ourselves, our efforts into experiencing God's love. Our effort is not necessarily to do everything right that's in here, though certainly we want to see that as a fruit. Our effort is at receiving, experiencing God's love. Then he will make us complete. He will cause us to be these new transformed people with the power to do what he wants us to do. So how do we exercise our trust in Jesus? We've outlined three steps, three, three categories of exercises in, in the ministry plan that can help you as an individual and us as a church experience God's love, that can help us exercise our trust in Jesus and put ourselves in a place to receive and sense and recognize God's love for us. Three categories of exercises we can do to put our trust in Jesus. The front of your program has these every week. These are things we want to see uh, our church doing each week, all the time. First exercise we can do uh, to exercise our trust in Jesus is to communicate with God. Communicate with God. One of the key ways to build a relationship with anyone, including God, is to communicate with them. And here's three ways you can communicate God communicate with God. One is to receive what he says to you through the Bible and prayer. Receive what he says to you. That's a key part of communication. Maybe the best part of communication to show love is to listen, 
to receive what somebody has to say to us. One reason why we may not realize how much God loves us is not necessarily because we're against him. It may be because we're ignoring him or, or just not listening to him, not necessarily intentionally, but just not, not hearing what he has to say to us. How will we know how God feels about us if we don't listen for what he has to say? Sometimes he may have to get our attention to help us hear from him. We can begin to experience his love when we read what he says to us in his word. He's got a whole, a whole book of letters, a whole book of words that he wants to communicate with us to share about who he is and how much he loves us. We can also listen when we take time just to be quiet and ask God, God, what do you want me to know? And just be quiet to sense what, what comes into our mind. But we want to be sure to know what he says here so that what comes in our mind doesn't contradict what he says here. This is our, this is our guide to help us determine is what I'm hearing in my mind truly God or is it me? Well, if it's truly God, it will be consistent with what's in his word. Jesus said to the people who believed in him in John 8, 31 and 32, he said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. That's an evidence that we're his children if we're getting into his word and we're seeking to live his teachings. And he says, and then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. We'll, we'll be We'll be living, experiencing the truth, the truth of his love, the truth of his word, the truth of his spirit working through us. We can be set free as we get to know Jesus through his teachings and through what he wants to say to us uniquely. We can experience his love as we sense him speaking in our thoughts. Some tools to help with that or the the message guide we have each week to help you get into the word more or being in a small group that where you can talk with others about what Jesus is saying or to help you determine that or personal bible reading or prayer these are these are just a few of the tools to help us hear from God another way to communicate with God is to express what you admire or appreciate about God that's another key part of a communication is giving encouragement to one another, appreciation to one another, and we can express our appreciation to God for who he is, for what he's done. Psalm 95, verse 2 says, let's come to him with thanksgiving. Let's sing psalms of praise to him. So it's a way to communicate with him, to give thanks for what he's done, praise for who he is. When you come here on Sunday in our children's ministry and our student ministry and in here, we're singing songs that remind us of things that we uh, admire or appreciate about God so that hopefully during the week as you go through the day, you can take a moment to just stop and think, God, what is there that I can be reminded of that I can express my admiration of you or my appreciation of you? Can you see how, how that would help you be drawn closer to him as you express that to him, how it helps you experience his love for you as you think of those things that you admire or appreciate. A third way to communicate with God is to give who you are and what you have to him. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. 
But if you give up your, your life for my sake, you'll find it. When we trust the control of our life to Jesus, we communicate that we believe God loves us and that we lo- love him. And one way that I can exercise giving myself to God is by trusting my finances, my money, the things that are valuable to me, trusting those to him. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever I put what is valuable to me, that is where my focus is gonna be. Where you put your money will show where your heart is. If you wanna grow your trust of God, then I encourage you to give him some of your money. It's an exercise of trust. Now, the example of the Old Testament is to give 10% of your income to the place where you worship God. And Jesus affirmed that practice in Matthew 23, 23. But when we give ourselves to him, everything we have, all of our money, all of our possessions belong to him. And we exercise trust in him by asking God, God, what do you want me to give back to you? Because all our money is his. And let's let him guide us and listen for him to speak as to what we give back to him. Consider asking God, God, what do you want me to give to support what Brookwood is seeking to do through this ministry plan? Or consider asking God what he wants you to give to to other ministries that he puts in your path. There's 39 different ministries and mission partners that we as a church give to, to support. Maybe consider uh, asking God, does he want you to give extra to one of those? We've had hurricanes in our area, along the coast, uh, in the Gulf. Uh, you may want to give to disaster relief. You can visit brookwoodchurch.org slash disaster relief to see ways to give to some of our partners that are uh, carrying out disaster relief today that are on the ground today in the Bahamas and along the coast. Or you can visit setfreealliance.org to see how you can help our partner, Praveen, who leads an association of pastors in India. Uh, they've res- they are caring for over 10,000 rescued children. They support over 8,000 pastors uh, who this year have already baptized more than a million people. So these are, these are places where God is working Ask God, where, do you want to, where does he want you to give to exercise your trust, but also to further the work that he's doing in his kingdom? By the way, uh, Praveen, who is our partner in India, will be here. Uh, we'll have a meeting between services in two weeks on September 22nd where you can ask him questions and, and hear more of what's happening with those kids in India. But there are many other ways through our ministry plan where God is working, where we've been led by God to to support. And I can put my roots into Jesus and experience his love as I exercise trust to give him my life and give him what I have. So I encourage you to look back inside your ministry plan, that bottom right corner. And there's a place that says, my personal plan. We looked at that earlier. My personal plan to experience God's love while expressing his love. And ask God what step he wants you to take to communicate with God 
this year? What's a step he wants you to take? And write it in that blank. Maybe you write it in today, this morning, or, or later this afternoon. You have time to pray about that and ask God, what step do you want me to take to communicate with you? We can also exercise trust in Jesus as we connect with Christians. That's the second way we can exercise our trust. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. As we get together with others for the purpose of getting to know Jesus better, he says, I am right there with you. So what are some practical steps we can take to connect with some other Christians for the purpose of exercising our trust in Jesus? One step is we can get with someone to help us develop our trust in Jesus. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Get together with some folks to encourage each other toward growing in Christ. Just get with someone for the purpose of knowing Jesus better. Where can you find that? There's some things we have here to help you with that. Uh, We have many Brookwood small groups. A small group is a group of people who get together for the purpose of getting to know Jesus better. And many of our groups are about to start going through a book called The Seven Realities for Experiencing God. This book goes along with the Experiencing God series that Perry's going to start next Sunday. It's a great time to get in a group for the purpose of actually experiencing the love of God and knowing God better. And you can get help with getting in a group at Ministry Spotlight today out in the concourse, or you can come tonight at 5 o'clock to the, uh, to the group sampler out in the concourse. You can meet some of our group leaders, some of our groups, and, and find a group that works for you. It's a great time before we start this series next Sunday. Or you can just get some friends together and say, let's get one of those Experiencing God workbooks And let's talk about it each week after Perry teaches. Or you may want to take the step to help someone else develop their trust in Jesus by serving as a small group leader or a mentor or helping someone go through the Essentials Discipleship Program, which if you don't know where to start, if you're new to Christianity, Essentials is a great place to start. It'll be starting later in early October. I want you to see an example of God working when someone took a step to connect with Christians and another followed God's leading to help someone else trust in Jesus. Watch this video. I got an email recently from uh, Andrea asking me about a small group on Wednesday nights that was covering the sermon series. There wasn't one available at the time, but almost at the exact same time, we got an email from one of our small group leaders who volunteered to teach a small group on Wednesday nights covering the sermon series. I grew up with a Catholic background, and so legalism felt like a big part of that to me. And Perry had mentioned being involved with other Christians would help us grow, so I asked for a small group. I wanted to lead a small group Because of my relationship with Jesus, I began to experience his love, began to experience his care for me, and therefore I wanted others to know of that love and to really experience that love from God and know that he cares for them and that he is there for us. Coming to small group, Maddie showed me the parts of the gospel in which we're saved. 
It's not, you do this, 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 and this, and you can go to heaven. It's just, God loves you. And so I just kind of asked her, you know, what was her relationship with Jesus? And as she talked, then when were you baptized? So I came to realize she really had not accepted the gospel. And so I presented her through scripture, the gospel, and she was saved that night. This really was exciting. And for Maddie, she was so excited after the class was over that she texted me right away and told me that Andrea had asked Jesus to be her savior and to be in her life and to guide her the rest of her days. What I have to say about joining a small group is just do it. Try it once. Don't tell yourself that you have to do it every week because the bigger something is, I feel like the more at least I avoid it. But I tried it once, I loved it. And now I'm born again and I feel God's presence in my life more so than ever before. Hmm. Yes, so we see just one evidence of God working through somebody taking a step to exercise trust in God. So I encourage you to ask God, what step can you take this year to connect with Christians? Look back at that personal plan on your ministry plan and, at, and take some time today to ask God, God, what step do you want me to take to connect with Christians this year? And also, as I said, at Ministry Spotlight today, they can help you with that or at the group sampler this evening at 5, they can help you. Or you can email connections at brookwoodchurch.org and ask for help getting connected with somebody to help you pursue your relationship with Jesus. A third way we can experience the love of Jesus and exercise trust in Jesus is when we care for others, not just Christians, but anybody. We experience Jesus when we care for others. A couple of practical ways to do that. One is to serve someone. Matthew 25, verse 40 says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When we serve someone, it's like we're encountering Jesus in that service. So ask God, who do you want me to serve and how? We have teams here at Brookwood that uh, meet practical needs of people who attend Brookwood we have some teams that partner with agencies to meet practical needs of people in our community. And we have teams that take mission trips to partner with other uh, partners around the world to meet needs and to share the love of Jesus. And as we serve, we look for opportunities to share what Jesus has done for us. You're the expert on that, to share what Jesus has done for you, what he's done for everyone so that the people we're serving can experience his love as well. So ask God, God, what have you done for me? And then as he reminds you of that, share that with someone, especially the story of how he died for you and has given you new life. And as I experience God's love in this way of caring for others, then I'll, I'll want to express it to others. And as I express God's love to others... I experience God's love in a whole new way. I want you to watch this video to see an example of that. 
I would say the first real expression of God's love that I saw in my life was uh, when he saved me at nine. And then the biggest transformation was when he just rescued me. I had prayed for many years to have a relationship with him like I saw other people have, like guys in the Bible have. And I asked him for that diligently for a year. And he gave me that. I said whatever it took, and he took and took and took, and there was nothing left. Um, but he started changing me through that. And the way that I found that would best get me to that relationship was to glorify his name. And the only way I knew how to do that was to serve him and serve him in a capacity to serve others. Jesus envisioned this church in Acts that we were a community, that we're not, you know, a bunch of individuals showing up once a week, that if somebody was in need in the body, that the whole rest of the body rallied around them and provided for that need. And just going out and doing outreach in people's lives, whether it's fixing up a home or doing things like feeding the homeless or it's serving at the soup kitchen or going out and visiting the old folks, I mean, the impact that you have in these people's lives is, is beyond anything you can imagine. It, it glorifies God. It absolutely lets these people see that they're part of a body that cares for them, that all these people from Brookwood show up and take care of them like we should. And what motivated me to do this is I the relationship with God that I desired, I really, knew that the only way to do that is being obedient and doing His will, and that was through serving others. When you serve others, you're doing what God commands you to do. When you are going out and doing His will and you're taking care of uh, people that can't take care of themselves, in order to get that relationship that I sought, I had to serve Him. So. Another step is to look back at your ministry plan and look at that personal plan and ask God, how do you want me to care for others? And it may be that God doesn't show you that opportunity immediately, but ask him to, to show you, Father, how do you want me to care for others? And we can help you with that as well. You can find ways to serve here at Brookwood or ways to serve in our community are ways to serve around the world. You can find all those at brookwoodchurch.org slash serve. But you can also ask God how he wants you to care for others who are like your neighbors or your classmates or just people you come into contact with. Ask God to move in your mind to bring to light the steps of service, the steps of care you can give to others around you. And I realize that we have many teams serving in our community, organizationally as a church. God's love can also extend through you as individuals. There can be thousands of, of fingers and arms of God's love through Brookwood Church, just through you asking him, God, how do you want me to care for others? You are the church. God wants to show his love, his care through all of us. Finally, we experience God's love, number three, as we receive the results of his love. As we receive the results. Let's look back at Ephesians 3, verse 19. 
It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then here are the results. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The results of experiencing God's love, of really grasping, understanding, knowing, experiencing his love, one result is we'll be made complete. We don't make ourselves complete. God will make us complete, full of life and power that comes from God. We'll experience life as it should be rather than just life as it is. We'll have a life that is transforming, where love is growing in us, where peace and joy are growing in us as fruit, as results of experiencing God's love. And that love is beginning to pour out of us. We'll be made complete. We'll be living the transforming life. The second result is God will receive glory. Verse 20 of Ephesians 3 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. When we experience God's love, he gets the glory for the work that is done. I don't know how you felt when you're watching these videos of, of these folks in the small group and, and, and serving, but I got the sense not of how wonderful these folks were, but how wonderful God is at the work he is doing through regular people, through all of us. God gets the glory when we truly experience his love. And then the third result, his work in our life will exceed all our expectations. Even greater things than we could imagine, he will accomplish in us and through us when we experience his love and then are expressing his love. Wouldn't we like to see that? Wouldn't it be great if each of us took time to ask God what steps he wants us to take to experience his love this year by communicating with God, receiving what he has to say to us, by connecting with Christians and by caring for others, and while you're doing that, ask God, God, what do you want me to give to support this plan, this ministry plan, to experience God's love while expressing his love this year? As we said, this brochure shows what we plan to spend in five key areas at Brookwood. But I want to tie this in for you. Brookwood worship, their key, their key goal is to help us communicate with God. Adults and recreation and family, students and children, they are helping us connect with Christians so that we communicate with God and care for others. Our care and serve departments are helping us care for others here at Brookwood. And our outreach and missions departments are helping us care for others in our community and around the world. We're going to vote on this ministry plan in a couple, in a, in a couple of weeks on September 22nd, but... I want to let you know, if you have questions about what we're seeking to do as a church, uh, we'll have a ministry plan Q&A next Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock in Pada, and we'll have more numbers available, more details available about our ministry plan and our budget. Um, 
But my prayer is that each of us would ask God what steps he wants us to take to experience God's love while expressing his love this year. Let's do that together. Our care volunteers are coming now, and they'll be down front. And also there'll be some in the care connection room and the concourse, and they'll be available to pray with you. Or if you've been listening to this and thinking this is all new to me and want somebody to talk with you further about how to experience God's love, they'll be available to talk with you as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that you initiated with us, that you stepped forward to show your love to us. I pray that your spirit help us to receive that today and experience that further in the days to come. And we thank you for how you'll work, how you'll guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. One of the ways that you can do this is by getting connected here at Brookwood. Feel free to email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864-688-8326 to get in contact with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website and on our Brookwood app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.